Hit record. Cold open featuring Antihero by Taylor Swift. I've barely even looked at this outline. I'm completely oh, okay. going <laughs> to raw dog this recording. <laughs> I'm going to keep that in. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Why not? Well, welcome back to 50%. It is Taylor Swift Midnight's release day. Yeah, you're catching us on a very important day. Uh, We actually stayed up late to listen to the album, even though we said we weren't going to, and we did it anyway. Yeah, yeah. 11 p.m. might as well be 4 a.m. for me, honestly. Um, I'm up late all the time, so it was normal for me. And then I set an alarm for 2 in the morning to find out what the chaotic surprise was, and I saw, and somebody else had texted me at two o'clock and I just groaned and went back to sleep because I was like I can't do this right now I'm too tired well you were an absolute angel and I gave oh I I did call you you did (gasps) yeah I forgot I gave I I gave you strict instructions that if it's new music to call twice immediately in a row because it will like bust through my do not disturb I did do it because I have it set to where if like you call more than once within a certain amount of time do not disturb is like oh shit it's an emergency. It was an emergency. It was an emergency. I did not listen to any of the music at 2 a.m., but it was nice to know. I am glad that I woke up and was aware. Exactly. Um, because then when my alarm went off at 6, I hopped my little tired ass out of bed. Something to look forward to. Seven bonus tracks. But then I got super busy at work immediately from the moment that I woke up at 6 a.m., which don't ask questions. Um and so I didn't even listen to the new tracks until 9. So I totally could have not woken up at 2 a.m. Well, you know, at least you knew and you had something to look forward to. Meanwhile, I had not that much to do at work today. And all my coworkers asked me for my review of Midnight's, even though they are older than me and they don't really care about Taylor Swift. That's it was very, very nice. It was so nice of them. Anyway, welcome to this Taylor Swift podcast. <laughs> exactly. We've entirely shifted our uh, entire format. Yeah. It's all about Taylor Swift now. Never yeah, mind. Too bad. Sorry. Not really, but... <laughs> Maybe one day we'll do a Taylor Swift adjacent episode. I've already promised that to somebody, so we have to do it now. I'm sure it's going to happen. Yeah. We, we just, just need gotta to figure find, out our angle. Yeah. We, gotta, we need a good theme. Maybe for like Valentine's Day or something. Who knows? We'll figure it out. Anyway. Today would have been a good day to do it, but instead today we're doing this. <laughs> well, it's October. It's October. Anyway. Anyway, we read a book. It's another spooky... <laughs> It's another spooky. Um, it's Go Hex Yourself by Jessica Clare. Yeah. So we did two spooky ones this month. We just read Angelica Frankenstein Makes Her Match, which if you've listened to the episode. Wow. We, yeah. <laughs> twas, twas a ride. Uh, this was more in line with what I feel like I've expected from an October romance. Yeah. Yeah. Both of the books were absolutely ridiculous just oh, yes. absolutely just two it felt almost like two different sides of the coin of being ridiculous like where angelica frankenstein was still kind of like somber in some way yeah it was like trying to be serious at some parts yeah and then this one just full full leaned into the the spooky i just I like know. cheesy i okay so my best description is that i told you the other day when we were on my back porch that it's like Halloween Town, but if Halloween Town were porn. 
Yes. <laughs> that is the tagline that I would put on the cover, that Katie would put on the cover, mm-hmm. and I would steal. Actually, no, that's the tagline that this podcast would put on the cover yeah. of this book. Halloween Town, but porn? Question mark? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I don't mean that in a bad way, but it is like very, um, like, saccharine, cheesy, like, all, all of the, like... Super sweet, super cheesy, super um, like almost slapsticky kind of. Yes. Yeah. Which is what I wanted more of in Angelica Frankenstein, to be honest. Like I wanted it to lean more into the the goofy yeah. Halloween stuff. And this was fucking goofy. So shall I read the back? I had a great time reading the blurb in the last episode. So it is. It's your turn now. Oh, God. Okay. When Reggie Johnson answers a job ad in the paper, she's astonished to find that she's not really applying for work at her favorite card game, Spellcraft the Magicking. Instead, she's applying to be an actual familiar for an actual witch, as in real magic. The new job has a few perks great room and board, excellent pay. And she's apprenticing to a powerful witch. Sure, the witch is a bit eccentric. And sure, there was that issue with the black cat Reggie would f- prefer to forget about. The biggest problem, however, is warlock Ben Magnus, her employer's nephew, and the most arrogant, insufferable, maddening man to ever cast a spell. Reggie absolutely hates him. He's handsome, but he's also bossy and irritating and orders her around. <laughs> Ben's butt might look great in a crystal ball vision, (laughs) but that's as far as it goes. But with someone with a vendetta targets the household, she finds herself working with Ben to break a deadly curse. Apparently, when they're not fighting like cats and dogs, things get downright bewitching. I have so many thoughts about this blurb now, having read the book. Please share. The blurb refers to the issue with the black cat and I'm curious whether this blurb is referring to when Reggie got turned into a cat or the fact that the cat that is living in this house is actually a human man turned into a cat the Salem of the uh of this book yeah but he can't actually talk which is kind of a bummer yeah but but she figures out how to talk to so I'm curious which incident that this blurb is referring to a double entendre if you will I guess or whatever you would call that I guess (laughs) <laughs> and uh the <laughs> you know what i'm gonna say <laughs> and the ben's butt might look great in a crystal ball vision when we originally read that piece of the blurb i kind of thought it was a metaphor i did too and it is not no we're gonna talk about that it Absolutely. is literal that that is one of my favorite parts of this book because it's so funny i was laying in bed reading it and just like screaming As I was reading this part that it's referring to. Uh, Okay, we'll get there. Okay, first off, Abigail, do you want to tell us about where we find ourselves when we drop in to page one of this book? Yes, absolutely. So we've got our heroine here, Regina, uh, who goes by Reggie, which was kind of jarring for me at first because I just thought of Archie Comics Reggie for a long time. Me too. I've never met a woman Reggie, but I don't like it. Yeah. Yeah. So she's interviewing for this job that she thinks is for this card game that she likes. That's a lot like Magic the Gathering. Yeah, it's very yeah, it's very Magic the Gathering. Right, vibes. I can't. It's called like Spellcraft something. Spellcraft. It, hang on, Spellcraft. Spellcraft the Magicking. Spellcraft the Magicking. So, so 
Big Magic the Gathering vibes. The the Dollar General version of Magic the <laughs> Gathering, Spellcraft the Magic game. And so she's interviewing at this house that basically looks like Grimmauld Place. That That's a great description. I also just built Lego Grimmauld Place. So I know you're going to talk about the very Legos. On brand. I know. We should have brought it up here for some from spooky vibes as we record. I know. it. It is a little spooky in there. It is very cute, though. It's so cute. So, I've gotten into Legos. Anyway, that's yeah. a story for another time. I made a TikTok about it. You can go watch it and see my Legos. Ask Katie about her Legos. <laughs> Support our bookshop so that I can buy more Legos. No, 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 no. <laughs> that's actually what we're funding with this podcast is Katie's Legos, not it's, art. Why are they so expensive? I don't know. Ask Mr. Lego, I guess. Uh, Mr. But. Lego, sponsor the pod. I want the I want all of Diagon Alley. It's five hundred dollars. Christmas is coming up. I cannot, in good faith, ask for a five hundred dollar Lego set from anyone. Not even your husband. No, especially not my <laughs> husband. <laughs> you can't turn it into like a marriage exercise or something, like you know, team building. Okay, listen. I tried to get him to build Legos with. I, did I tell you this? No. I tried to get him to build the Legos with me the other day when I was doing the one that's like um, rescuing Sirius from the tower, the mm-hmm. one that's on the record player. And I was like, "Let's do it together. Like, sit down with me." And he was like, "How are we going to build Legos together? Like, this is like I like doing them alone, but like, how are we supposed to do this together?" And I was like. Well, I did it with my student today, so oh I'm pretty God. sure you and I can figure it. I was like, it was a nice team building experience with me and my student today, but fine, I'll build my fucking Legos alone. This is romance. This is actual romance. Uh, anyway, okay, so we're at Grimald Place, more or less. So a very pregnant woman greets her at the door, and Reggie's confused, but, you know, she's also confused that she's at a house for a job interview, but, you know, she continues to go along with it. Yeah, because she thinks it's to work for, like, someone who makes this card game, basically. Right. They're like, uh, she's like, maybe it's, like, a startup-y thing, and their office is in this house. Like, that's not that weird. And, like, maybe this woman is, like, someone's assistant. And, like, she she's, like, explaining away why the vibes are off. Right. But, you know, she's she's going along with it. Uh, She meets Ben, our, our male hot lead. Hot grump. Our, our hot grump. So this is where I get to mention, apparently, this is once again, Kylo Ren and Rey fan fiction. <laughs> I'm very glad you told me that after. But you did kind of call it because you looked I, at the cover and you were like, this man looks like Kylo Ren. I know. Which like this man looks more like Adam Driver than Adam Driver does. To be completely honest, like I have never seen a more accurate cartoon representation of Adam Driver. And the woman is brunette with shortish hair, mm-hmm. wearing a white t-shirt. Yeah, it is. It is Kylo Ren and Ray fan fiction in book form. I should say I don't have this fully confirmed. I don't think the author has said that initially, but a lot of people have pointed out that. This is Raylo fanfiction. Okay, the the internet agrees. Adam Driver being a large man is a scourge on the romance community. <laughs> they I don't disagree. Every man with dark hair who is a grump now is large, is a large man. And we get multiple paragraphs about him being a large man. Yeah, and about the woman 
being very tiny. Yes. Always. Oh, yes. She's very tiny. Reggie is very tiny. That's that's common. That's been a thing. Yes. I feel like. Well, now I just only attribute it to Adam Driver, which feels un- unfortunate. I don't think I'm very attracted to Adam Driver. Me neither. <laughs> and that's like kind of what, I, like, this is where you lose me. Sorry to, <laughs> sorry to our listeners. I know this is a controversial opinion that we have, but he doesn't really do it for me. He seems like a great guy. He does. He seems great. I'm glad you all love him. Not for me. Yeah. He's, he's I don't know. He's a man. He's yeah, fine. He's fine. Great actor. Seems like a nice guy. That's about all I got. Yeah. Anyway, so this interview is very weird. And Reggie just keeps being like, that's eh, probably weird because of XYZ. Explaining it all away. And then she meets her potential new employer, Drusilla. She thinks that Drusilla is also interviewing for the job. And this exchange was so funny to me. Yeah. I did laugh out loud where Reggie is assuming that Drew is there, you know, there for interviewing for the job. And Reggie's like trying to make small talk with her about presumably the card game. And she goes, big fan? And (laughs) Drew looks up and goes, is it? (laughs) Which was very funny to me. Yeah. As we will eventually learn, Drew is not like a... 80-year-old woman with dementia. She's a 2,000-year-old witch. Yes. Which is why she doesn't understand, like, a lot of the slang and stuff that is used in the book, which is genuinely the best part of this book for me is just, like, the funny little things that Drew says where she's, like, trying to, like, say something that's slang and totally missing it or, like, not understanding what other people are talking about, like, the big fan thing, which is very funny. Um, It's... It's... I love Drew. She's so charming. She's, oh, I love her. She's the best. I love like a meddling old lady character. Yes. Which we will get to because it turns out that like Drew is pretty instrumental in the romance that is to come. The meddlingliest, whatever. Yeah. Old lady character. Exactly. Yeah. To ever exist. Literally like to her own detriment. Out of the goodness of her, of her witch heart. Yep. You know, she meddles. But Ben is a dick. Yeah, this is an enemies to lovers after all. So Reggie is upbeat and fun and cute. And Ben is dark and brooding and cranky. And he has no friends. A detail that I love about this book is now the magic in the book of like what warlocks and witches do is they basically participate in corporate espionage. (laughs) Is how they make money. At least how like... Ben's like corner of warlocks. Yes. Operate. His little business is just <laughs> screwing over Wall Street. Basically. Which like <laughs> fuck yeah, Ben. Stick it to the man. One for the people. Sure. Anti-capitalist yeah. Ben Magnus. Well, then we also find out he's got like 200 million dollars. Yeah, so yeah. not not an anti-capitalist. But he's also 500 years old, so you know, he's probably got some assets and Yeah, one of my favorite uh, parts of the book was when like Reggie asks like how rich he is and he says oh I've got like one or two hundred tucked away and she's like thousand and he's like million are you kidding me like I've lived for 500 years like I if I only had a hundred thousand dollars I would be doing something really wrong <laughs> I mean like think about if you bought a house in Austin 20 years ago that was a hundred thousand right. dollars it'd be like worth 1.5 million now. exactly yeah yeah it yeah. totally makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Re- Re- Reggie's not with the times. Reggie 
doesn't catch up very quickly. No. She's like a little bit of like a charming ditz. Yes. Especially early on. Yes. So Reggie gets the job. They are paying her $25,000 a month. A month. A month. A month. A month. And the joke is because, so Lisa, the pregnant woman who answered the door is like, yeah, Drew, this old woman like doesn't understand how much things cost. So she thinks that that's like normal, basically. Yeah. So Drew is paying Reggie $1 million and Reggie kind of feels bad because she's like, these people think that like they're magic and like that's a little sad. She's very like holier than thou about it in the beginning, which is like. Which, like, if someone was paying me $25,000, I would be like, yes, magic is real. Yeah, absolutely. What do you need me to do? whatever you want me to do. Yeah. Whatever. I'll pretend to do your magic shit for $25,000. Like, there are a lot of things I would do for $25,000 a month. A lot of things. I am trying to think of where I would draw the line, and I can't think of it on top of my head outside of, like, murder. And, like, like bodily injury to myself or others. Right. Like, you know. And like uh, uh, sex work, not for me. Respect it for other people, not for me. Although maybe some mild sex, some light sex work. Some light sex work. <laughs> <laughs> Your OnlyFans. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no exchange of bodily fluids. That You know, yeah, fair enough. That, I don't know. That's okay with yeah. me. But Reggie is in like kind of a dire financial situation because we find out that she has really fucking shitty parents. Yes. Who like manipulate her out of her money. And we never find out why. They're just bad people. Yeah, but we never find out like what they're like blowing the money on or like what, you know. Yeah, she just kind of explains it as them being basically grifters who don't want to work and Mm -hmm. yeah so so reggie's like my credit's terrible because my parents have fucked me over um i don't have any money because my parents have fucked me over so i need to pretend to do this magic thing yeah whatever it's fine so she takes the job and at first for the first few days it's kind of general assistant stuff drew is kind of playing off that she's a witch like, she doesn't try to force Reggie into it. She kind of accepts her confusion, but, you know. Yeah, she's, like, kind of making fun of Reggie, but Reggie doesn't realize that she's making fun of her, which is very funny. Reggie's, like, you know, doing, like, normal assistant stuff because she's, like, I'm this woman's assistant, even though, like, Drew and Ben and Lisa and everyone else is, like, you're her familiar, and she's, like, I'm her assistant. Yeah. So she's, like, cleaning up around the house. We learn... That Reggie is, like, perhaps not diagnosed, but definitely has OCD. <laughs> yes, she is a very compulsive cleaner, straightener. She is a compulsive organizer. Couldn't be me. <laughs> she is, that, that's just what she does. And we find out she's, like, gotten fired from other jobs for being so compulsive about it, where she's just very much, like, my way's the right way. I'm going to organize things. I like them to be neat and tidy mm-hmm. and whatnot. And... Yeah, to her detriment at points. Right. We also never really get an explanation for why this is, although it's like kind of implied, you know, like her relationship with her parents is so fucked up. Like it's uh, it's like a control thing, right? Like this yes. area of my life I am not in control of, so I'm going to be exercise control over this other area of my life, which is something that I talk about in therapy a lot. Yep. Wow. <laughs> How relatable. How relatable. Hmm. Um, so... 
so yeah, it's never really explained in that way, but it's kind of it's pretty heavily implied. Yeah, you know, you can you can come to the conclusion, right? So yeah, so the first like like a major portion of this book is just like Reggie is confused. Ben is hot and cranky. He wants her gone. He wants her gone. Oh, and this is a dual perspective book. Important to mention. Yes. I feel like it's mostly Reggie. Probably so. It, it felt that way to me. Just like a nerdy formatting note. I liked it that the like sections varied a lot in length. Like it would be like a 30 page section from Reggie and then like two pages from Ben and then 10 pages of Reggie and then like 15 of Ben. Like it was nice that it wasn't like a 50 50 equal which I feel like some books are like that. Like they feel like they have to be like, okay, I gave this person 10 pages. Now I give this person 10 pages. Mm. And so it, I think I, I really like that because for me it helps a lot with pacing. Yeah, I can see that because I, yeah, I definitely see how people could get into the like, I have to split it 50-50. And this, right. I didn't really think about it as I was reading it, but that's an interesting thing to point out. I really only noticed it because I was like reading it really late at night before bed. So I would be like, mm. oh, I'll do one more chapter quote unquote but then the chapter would be like three pages right and that's why I noticed I thought the pacing of this one was pretty good yeah yeah I I feel like I should say this early I had kind of a hard time with this book and I don't think it's the book's problem Mm, I think I am still in the aforementioned slump yeah so we mentioned on our last episode that Katie and I have both been in kind of October reading slumps a little bit we're both really busy at work we've got a lot going on And it's hard to sit down with a book when your brain is full of bees. Yeah, I've been doing a lot. Well, I've been building Legos. I've been like playing (laughs) stupid games on my phone. Like that's more kind of where my brain is at right now. I've been doing a lot of crosswords. I noticed that. I noticed that. I had a much easier time with this one than I did with Angelica Frankenstein, which took me a lot of willpower to get through, Uh especially because I felt like it dragged so much in the middle of just like a lot of other right. characters kind of running around being in their love triangles and whatnot, where this one was so ridiculous at points that it was really fun. Right. And I think I think I maybe had my problem for the for the opposite reason of you. I think since Angelica Frankenstein had so much going on in it, I mm. read it faster because it was just like faster pace, faster plot. Whereas this one was just a slower book. It wasn't even slow. It was just slower. Yeah. It was just not not as much, not as many like side hijinks. So it, so it just moved a little slower. But I'm like, you know, I read multiple books at once and the other books that I'm reading, I'm moving equally slowly through. So, yeah. so it is definitely a me thing. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. But this first third-ish of the book before Reggie finally figures out that magic is real in this world was really hard for me because there wasn't a whole lot going on. Yeah, it's a lot of meet the characters. Like we meet, obviously, you know, Reggie and Drew and Ben. And then we also meet her roommate, Nick. Uh, We meet Penny, who is a kind of guide to Reggie figuring out that all this magic stuff. She runs this CBD shop slash like, um, what's the word? Like supply shop. For right. potions and things like that. Yeah, like uh, like stuff for potion recipes kind yeah. of stuff. They call them components in the book. Thank you. But I like ingredients more or less. Right. Yeah. So she meets Penny, who sounds great. I want more of Penny. Yeah, Penny is another familiar. Um, 
Aspiring and, familiar. An aspiring familiar, yeah. But we, we learn there's some lore around, like... If you are a familiar, you do have, like, magic in your, like, bloodline. Um, and But you're not, like, a witch or a warlock. You're It's almost like you're a squib in Harry Potter. Like, you got a little bit of magic. But you yeah. can be a witch or warlock eventually if it's you get training. Like, it's like your training wheels. Yeah. It's like you're, you're a baby witch. Yeah, you're a baby witch. They yeah. kind of explain it as you're there to be a witch's or warlock's battery. Yeah, which is a really interesting way to describe that. It feels a little fucked up. A little bit. A little bit. But yeah, so we learn some of this backstory early on. We also learn that they're like certain brand of like witchcraft or, or spellcraft, if you will, is like because they're descended from Roman gods, which is just like an intro. I've never heard a backstory like that in one of these witchy books. Yeah, I hadn't either. I feel like a lot of the witchy, spooky Halloween romances, they're just kind of like, eh, they're witches, whatever. Yeah, or it's like very expressly, they're in Salem. Yes. Yeah. But in the acknowledgments of this book. Oh, I didn't read the acknowledgments. I skimmed them. But she like lists books so she says the idea for this storyline happened when she came across an article about roman curse tablets which they use the curse tablets in this book and that was apparently like a real thing that romans used um so then she like went down this internet rabbit hole found out about the practices of like roman quote-unquote magic she read all these books and that's how this story kind of came together so it is actually based in like real like real world like folklore stories yeah which is cool that is cool i like that and it it was just really refreshing to read i mean don't get me wrong i've been to salem multiple times i love salem big i i got a weird i like went down this weird obsessive rabbit hole when i first found out about the salem witch trials when my grandparents moved to Massachusetts when I was in middle school oh I would too and so I know like a lot about the Salem which that's one of my like weird history things that I just like know a lot of facts about Ooh. um and so as much as I love the like story of witches in movies and books and tv shows and whatever else being like descended from or adjacent to Salem witches it was really refreshing to like hear a new idea yeah. On yeah, where witches come from. Huh. On that note, a lot of blood in this book. A lot of blood. Was not expecting. I am very much like an action movie person. Like, I don't get too squeamish about a lot of things. I get squeamish about stabbing. Yeah. This didn't help in this book. Yeah, because they use, like, their own blood to do their, like, spells and stuff, which is... Not uncommon if you've read books like this, but yeah, it's never been this explicit. There's a lot of like stabbing of your own hands and fingers going Slicing on, slicing the palm of what? your hand open. Yeah, Ooh. yeah. Ooh. I don't, I don't do Sorry. well with that stuff. Yeah, it's okay. Okay, before we get too far into, because I want to talk about the cat thing, but first we need to talk about the lunch. The lunch. Yeah, it's so good. Oh, the lunch. So the lunch. So. Reggie goes with Drew one day to a fancy luncheon with some people that she describes as her enemies. <laughs> I love Drew. I love Drew so much. 
And Reggie is at this point where she's like met Penny. She's seen some weird things go on. So she's kind of like, I guess magic could be real, but I think all these people are crazy. And so they go to like a hotel lunch that I'm not. Yeah, a I'm trying a very to find nice it. Restaurant. Yeah. They go, they go somewhere for tea. It's very old lady, ladies who lunch. Like, I sort of pictured it, even though it was not, like, described this way, I pictured it in, like, a church cafeteria. Cause that, well, because that's how it... It's like shit that my grandma does, you know? It's not shit my grandma does. Your grandma's a little more on the up and up than Mimi is. She plays bridge on Tuesdays. I don't know where, but it's but it's similar vibes to that though. Like once they get there, like the thing that they're doing is fancy, but the vibe of like the energy between Ooh. the old ladies is very like going to my bridge game, you know? Ooh, this is where it gets like southern old lady energy. Yes, because well, okay, but Drew is like very open. They're all very open about the fact that they hate each other. Southern old ladies will not That's true. be open about That's it. That's true. But they are similarly like dragging each other the whole time. Oh, it's amazing. So it's three older witches all meeting up. It's Drew and Livia and another one that... That is not relevant. Yeah, that is not important. And all their familiars who are super yes. douchey. Yes. So it's Reggie and these two other familiars who are wearing like fancy clothing. They know what's going on. So she's still figuring this stuff out, but she's also still in the mindset of this isn't real. These people are all just making it up. These weird LARPers, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She literally says that at one point, like yeah. in her like inner monologue. Yeah. So, yeah. And then... So she and all the familiars are sitting at another table, and then she sees Drew stand up and throw a sandwich. Unbelievable. Old lady food fight. This is where I was like, I'm sold. <laughs> okay, but the the part that I like, the, the one part that I legitimately laughed out loud at at this book was when she was, Drew was like, I wasn't throwing it at her face. I was trying to hit her mole. <laughs> <laughs> the mole on her face. Livia has a very distinct mole in the middle of her forehead. Unbelievable. And so Drew's like, I wasn't trying to hit her in the face. I was trying to hit her in the mole. This was, this scratched all of my itch of like dumb rich people drama. Yeah. It's so like campy and it, yeah, it's, it's hilarious. I'm watching, what am I watching right now? Oh, I'm watching Gossip Girl. Right, yeah. As my background watch right now. While I'm working, I need sound in the background. So I put something on TV that I've seen a lot and I don't have to pay a ton of attention to. So I have Gossip Girl right now. And this was exactly what I needed to match my match my current vibes mm -hmm. of like rich people throwing food at each other, basically. Yeah, really, really great. So this leads us into Act 2, where... Drew decides to send Reggie to, quote-unquote, spy. On, on Livia, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And this is where Reggie has to uh, come face-to-face to face with the fact that... Yes. <laughs> these things are real. I can't figure out how I feel about this part. So oh, interesting. Okay, let's talk about it. Because it, fe it feels really cruel, but it's also very funny. So... Drew sends Reggie on this, like, spy mission. Which is ridiculous. Which is ridiculous for many reasons, but one of those reasons being that Reggie would be the least 
subtle spy that I can possibly think of in this life. This poor woman. Yeah, she she's not. You know, bless her heart. She's not built for espionage. <laughs> anyway, which of us are wh- really? Wh- whomst, um, whomst of us are? Yeah, <laughs> not um, me. Not certainly not me. I could not be a spy because then I would get home from my spy and and I would send you a voice memo <laughs> of everything that I saw. I would too, though. I'm too well. I'm nosy enough to be a spy, but I'm too Gabby with yes. certain people to be a good spy. Oh, I could certainly find out some shit. I'm a journalist. Right. <laughs> but I tell you every thought that enters this brain. Unfortunately, yes. If you need to see our text chains of proof. <laughs> so it doesn't even move through a filter. The filter is is Abigail. <laughs> yeah. It's great. It works out great for our lives. No, we can't ever run for office. No. And we can't be spies. Nope. Can't that- keep a secret. You can't give me the nuclear codes. I would text them to all my friends. <laughs> Be like, bro, you'll never guess. I found, I found guess out. what, bro? They I took me to the launch pad. Guess what the nuclear code. Be real would go off while I'm at the... Hold on, guys. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Anyway. Wow. Okay. This is a very long-winded way of saying Drew turns Reggie into a cat. Um, very Harry Potter here we are. Very Harry Potter. And this section of the book was very entertaining to read because, like, Reggie gets these like cat-like feelings. She's like, she keeps being like, something smells really good. And it turns out it was like probably a mouse. I thought this was a good part of the book because we understand now what Maurice, the cat in the... Exactly. So we haven't even talked about Maurice yet. Uh. So so Maurice is the cat that lives in the, uh, in the Grimald Place like home. Anyway, so Maurice, we find out is like, we find this out like later than this, I believe. But um, he's like... Drew's old familiar that has been like turned into a cat because of a curse and they can't figure out how to undo it. Turns out it's because he was whipping his dick out all the time. Yeah, because he was a creep. Yeah, he deserved it. Yeah, he did deserve it. But we learn toward the very end, and I want to say this now, just that Maurice likes being a cat. So he's happy. Yeah. Um, but he's also living out a, a, a deserved sentence. Anyway, so so there's a lot of like people into cats in this book. But Reggie turns into a cat. She's like, she gets this like natural curiosity that she like didn't have before. So she like tries Ooh. to go into Livia's house. There's yeah, this is all good stuff of being a cat. Yeah, I guess. cat jokes. Cat um, jokes. <laughs> and it's you know she's like something smells really good, which we find out is later probably like a mouse or a rat. And then she's like, Ugh, something smells really bad. And I knew what it was the entire time. When she's like, something, there's something nearby that smells so bad. And I'm like, oh, it's a dog. It's like definitely a dog. So there is a dog. And Reggie gets like chased away. Not in a cute way. In a very scary way. No, it is scary. Oh, my God. Poor Reggie. Okay. So she gets chased away by this giant Rottweiler that Livia has. And we kind of find out later that Reggie was never in any true danger. Livia would have just kind of like sent her on her way. Yeah. No one was actually going to hurt her. But... She gets chased by this giant dog as a cat, and she's naked also because when she turned into a cat, (laughs) her clothes did not. Right. And so she gathers all her clothes, and she's running away. She gets the... She turned into a cat by putting on this ring that Drew told her to put on. She gets the ring off. She turns back into a human. She gathers all her clothes up. And and calls... Who do you think she calls? Of course it's Ben, because she's like, none of my real life friends 
are going to understand what just happened to me because I got turned into a cat. Yeah. Well, I mean, who would? Who would? Yeah. Who would? You would take me to the hospital if I told you that. Maybe. <laughs> that's that's a real friend. That's why you're not a narc. Ooh, think <laughs> that's a great test. Who would take you to the hospital if they told you that you were a cat? <laughs> um. So so she calls Ben, whose number she has. Drew gave it to her. Yeah, because Drew's uh, a, a meddling aunt, basically. We love her for it. We love her for it. So this is a, the second that Reggie turned into a cat and she mentioned that her clothes were like on the ground. I was like, I know where this is going, baby. Hmm. Like some shit's going to happen. She's going to wind up naked and Ben is going to have to pick her up when... She's naked because all of their back and forth up until this point has just been like, ugh, she or he is such a dick. But wow, look at her freckles or whatever. (laughs) He's obsessed with her freckles. Yeah, it's which I find kind of I thought it was kind of weird at first, but it's kind of cute. I have freckles. (laughs) I don't have I have freckles on my shoulders from sunburns. I have actually like. You have quite a lot. I know. Yeah, I kind of forget about them until I'm like putting on my makeup and I'm like, oh. Yeah, they're very faint. Yeah. I like them though. I think they're cute. They are cute. Do I want them sexualized? I don't know. Yeah, I don't like that. That feels a little um, infantilizing, but that's another. That's another note, but I agree. Yeah. A note about this book. It is weird. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so Ben picks her up. He's like got a hard on in the truck. <laughs> God, because she's naked. But he's also very nice to her. Right. He's Where very she, nice to her. She is freaking out to be like, which, duh. Yeah. Uh, she's like fully panic, like, she's having a panic in attack. shock. Yeah. yeah. Which, like, I would too if yeah. I was suddenly one turned into a cat, had to admit that my bosses were correct. And then, and then my very hot boss picks me up and I'm naked on the side of the road, like to add shame into the. It's like a bad dream. Yeah. It literally, literally. So he takes her to this like cute diner. They're at Waffle House. That's all I can think about. Yeah. Yeah. It's always Waffle House or it's like this one specific diner that I went to as a kid that probably looks like every diner on the planet. Uh. Um, but so this is their like first one-on-one kind of hang. He's being very sweet. Yeah. And she's like, she's kind of gross. Yeah. She's like. Well, one, she's very hungry because turning into a cat turns out takes a lot of energy. Right, because magic sucks energy out of you. Right. And she's just like eating and eating and eating. He orders food so she won't feel bad, which I found so endearing. I love that. Yeah. He wasn't even hungry, but he ordered something so she wouldn't feel weird. Yeah. And she's just like chewing with her mouth open, just like shoveling pancakes into her mouth. And he's like... Usually I thought that was gross, but I found it cute. And I was like, okay, that's not true. No. <laughs> but it's fine. That's what I meant about this book being like kind of saccharine sometimes. It's like shit like that. Yes. You know? Yeah. Totally understand that. Um, but I've read 500 romance novels that are like that. So like it's normal. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. But it is, it's an aspect of this romance novel that we are going to admit is not real. So... We had to talk about my favorite part of this book because Ooh. it is so, <laughs> oh God, where to begin? Okay, so Reggie, after being turned into a cat, is like, eh, I guess magic is real after all. It takes her way too long to admit this. She's in shock. Okay, but it's, 
it's like 40% into the book where she's finally like, oh, I guess this is real. After watching them do like actual spells. But, you know, I guess like if like in reality, it would take you that long to admit it. That's true. I can you know? explain away a lot of things. R- right. Like you, you like I very easily could be like, uh, I remembered that wrong. And that's my explanation. <laughs> you know what I mean? I would be like. I, I must be misremembering what happened or whatever. Like, I must have been confused. You know, I could explain away a lot like that. You don't have a good memory, though. I do not. This is my my literal biggest flaw. I have a great memory, which is also my biggest flaw, because I remember everything that has ever happened to me yeah, to an, an annoying fair. degree. Yeah. So here we are to... <laughs> <laughs> Reggie admits that magic is real, and she's like... I'm going to try to do some on my own because we didn't mention that the first like spell that Reggie sees Drew do is um, like looking for someone in a crystal ball, basically. Yeah, which they don't use to tell the future. They just look to spy on See people. what someone's, yeah, yeah, like I would be like, show me what Abigail's doing. It's like find my friends. Um, but, Sitting on the couch watching Gilmore Girls. Yes, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, okay, she's doing great. You know, yeah. I just had to check in. <laughs> It's like a great uh, relatively. Yeah. It's like surveillance. So they look for someone and like Reggie doesn't like really even believe that anyway. So she like is like, I'm going to try to do this crystal ball thing. So she tries to recreate it and she does. And it's like thrilling. She like does this little spell and it works, but she tells the crystal ball to show her Ben. And this was another moment that I was like, I think I know what's going to happen. Like, I wasn't for sure. But after the... So after that moment when they're, like, in the truck on the way to the diner when he's, like, talking about having a boner was when I realized, like, oh, this is going to be a spicy book. Just because, like, the language that Jessica Clare used in that section, I was like, this is going to get, like, spicier than I realized. Yes. Um, So then when she's, like, spying on been in the crystal ball I'm like I know exactly what's going to be happening and I'm 99% sure that he's going to be jerking it um and he is in the shower no he's not in the shower he's wearing his pants still oh he's wearing his pants so the shower is at the end yeah yes oh my god this is where I screamed yes I I don't even really have words for this part because it's not that I find voyeurism sexy. It's that, which like if you do, you do you as long as it's consensual and whatever. Not for me. Um, I like, this is, (laughs) I'm like proud of Reggie for like, you know, like she's just a little neurotic, which again, like pot kettle, but like, you know, and she was very one dimensional for me. Okay. toward the beginning yeah and so then when this happened i was like okay reggie like yeah she feels bad about it yeah and she like turns away she doesn't want to yeah she like enjoys it but then she's like oh wh- oh god oh no <sighs> anyway it's i just like i i like this part because it was like so unexpected yes Although I also was like you because earlier on in the book he spies on reggie and he's like did i catch her in a private moment and i was like She's going to do it later. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I felt that too. And when he did it to Reggie, I was like, I don't like this. And then when she did it to him, I was like, I don't love this either. 
good for you for being a narc, Reggie? I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, yeah, like I, I felt weird about this in general because obviously, like I just said, be be into voyeurism all you want as long as it's consensual. Consensually, yes. Um, and so, but she didn't do it on purpose. Right. At, which is clear. And she like does enjoy it, but then feels bad about it. And then she confesses to him. Good for her, because I don't think I would have. I would never put me in the fucking grave before I admit to something like that. I would never. Thank never. God we will never find ourselves in this position. <laughs> I will never watch a man jerk off in a crystal ball. I can I can swear I won't ever do that. <laughs> but um, she does confess to him. She does confess, and they kind of have like a moment, not romantically, but like friendship wise no because ben leans into it and he leans to her oh right i don't know if i can we've established we're not obviously we're not very prudish on this podcast but we do hate the c word yeah but he (laughs) but okay he doesn't really do this on purpose either like because it switches to his perspective immediately after and he's like Oh my god, did I really just say that? But he basically is like I know it's big. I know it's big, yeah. <laughs> Which like one could interpret as him trying to be funny, and one could also interpret it as something entirely different. But afterward he's like, Oh my god, why did I say that? He's basically like, I was like turned on and I let it get the best of me, more or less. Ugh, yeah. Which like Picturing that that interaction, like, that's the, like, best way that it could go is for the man to, like, make it sexy. Because, like, imagine you're Reggie and you're confessing this and you're, like, humiliated. Mm. And then he kind of twists it. Like, I think that's the only way that would make me feel better. True. Because if he turned it into a joke, I would be like, I'm a fucking idiot. I'm the joke. I'm the joke. It's me, I'm the problem. It's me, I'm the problem. Yeah. We leave them in a not not terrible place. Yeah. They, they're it's, both kind of embarrassed. They're both kind of embarrassed. It's not really a romantic moment, but it's not not a romantic moment, but they it's it's a moment. They we kind know of, something about Ben. Which exactly. Is that he's well endowed. <laughs> uh, which doesn't really come up that much again. Yeah, well, we we know it for Reggie's benefit, I guess. Yeah, good for you, Reggie. Sure. Then they start bonding over her Dollar General card game. Yeah. That she loves, which is really cute. It's really cute. So she really she's really good at this card game, too. And she is really enthusiastic about it. She gets really excited about it. Ben tells her he wants to learn how to play it, which is really cute. It's really nice. Yeah, he's basically like, I don't. I'm not really all that into learning this card game, but I am into spending time with her. But then he actually ends up enjoying it. Yeah, which is really cute. That is like a nice thing of relationships where you, you know, you're very interested in somebody and you end up wanting to learn about things they like. Yeah, even if it's something that wouldn't normally be your thing and then you end up really liking it. So yeah, they start they start like bonding over this card game. It's very sweet. They like start playing regularly we get a time jump, like a two-month time jump here. I think this hurts the book. I agree. There there are a couple of these, yeah? Like, very small 
the time jump is the only real major one that yeah. I left the book being like, I feel like this really hurts us getting to know Ben and Reggie as friends. Yes, I agree because then, you know, like I'm getting ahead of myself, but like toward the end of the book, like they say, I love you very early. Uh, what felt like very early because I kept forgetting that there were two months of them getting to know each other mm-hmm. that we didn't read. And that's a totally reasonable amount of time to fall in love with someone. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree with you. I feel like I missed where we were getting to know both of them as individuals falling in love slowly and also as individuals together. Right. And I feel, yeah, I feel like we didn't get to know them individually even. Or we really didn't get to know Ben until after they were already kind of like doing their thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Which was kind of a bummer. Because if someone's going to be cranky, you got to tell me early on why they're so cranky. Yeah. Otherwise, it's annoying. Yes. <laughs> anyway, so they have this like night where they're playing this card game. <gasps> and they have this cute, almost kind of like high schooly moment where he's like keeping away this card from her or, or not keeping it away, but he's like holding one of the cards and she like grabs for it and is like on top of him. I really liked this it i know was really cute yeah because it, it's a very it's very rare that there's like a very real believable moment in books like this and this. that's totally a thing that would happen and lead to a first kiss kiss between friends i have had first kisses like that before but it's really cute it's really, it is cute. really cute yeah also yeah. for the people keeping track at home it's 56 percent I didn't even make a note, but love that. That's our closest I know, it's one really yet, close. I think. Yeah. It's really close. I was getting I was at fifty percent and I was like, they gotta fucking do something soon. And they did. Six percent later. <laughs> it was it was really close to fifty percent. Anyway, so so they have this very cute kiss. And Ben is like, fuck yeah, finally. And and I do really like Ben. Um, a lot in this book because it's it's kind of this forbidden thing where like he's really not supposed to get with her because she is his aunt's familiar and it's like fucked up to like quote unquote steal people's familiars or whatever so there is this kind of like forbidden aspect of it but he's like very optimistic about it he's like I think we can figure this out we I think can we can make it work, work which is very sweet I really like Ben I think he's really sweet mm-hmm but they start making out, and then Penny, our friend from earlier, text Reggie. Mid-makeout, basically. Mid-makeout. She answers her phone. Which, like, girl. Don't. Yeah. Anyway. Turns out Ben murdered his parents. This part was so funny. It is so funny. It was so jarring. Because she's just reading a text, and then... The, the like, chapter ends with Reggie being like, Ben, did you murder your parents? And him being yeah. like, yes. Without explanation. And so she understandably freaks the fuck out because she just made out with the murderer. So she, like, tries to quit. And Doesn't work. Yeah. Drew's like, sleep on it. It's late. Let's talk about it tomorrow. Yes. They wake up tomorrow, and now we're we're pretty solidly into 
the third act of the book now. Or this is where the third act begins. This is the uh, the climax, if you will. Anyway, so they wake up the next morning and Reggie can't wake up Drew. She looks okay. She's breathing. So she's not dead. She's which- just asleep. My first thought was, oh my God, they killed this old woman. I know. <laughs> I thought it was going to take a really dark turn. I know. I thought she was going to die. I did, she's 2,000 years old. It's a reasonable thought. Exactly. It's very reasonable. She's not dead, though. They, she's cursed. She's cursed. She's in a sleeping curse. I appreciate the author in that she makes a very large note of that she looks healthy and she looks at peace. Right. She's very content. <laughs> right. Yeah. She's, she's, she's just sleeping. After the month I had, I feel like I want to sleep in a curse for like a few days. That sounds good, yeah. Right? Sounds like sounds Like fine. 48 hours. Yeah. Then take me out of it. Yeah, yeah. 48 but, hours. But in the book, they make the point of if she keeps sleeping, she's going to starve to death. Right, right. So, th- so this is a you, deadly curse, potentially. Yeah. There, There is a problem but i was also like well can you get like an iv in there or whatever i don't know yeah, that was my thought too i was like you could like put a tube in her stomach kind of thing you know like yeah. um ultimately it doesn't matter doesn't matter um and you made a note here that this now turns into for the final act one of our favorite tropes force proximity yeah so 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 the drew has kind of spun this narrative that all of her familiars have been cursed. Um, And so then Drew herself is cursed. So Reggie quite reasonably believes that she is like the next target of this mysterious person. Yes. And so Ben comes in and he's like, you got to stay close to me. I can protect you. Because he has a spell to like make people not be able to see them in their crystal balls. Right. And he gives her his like familiar cuff. That's the thing that they use to other witches and warlocks to denote that they're familiars to each other. And uh, I don't know. It doesn't matter all that much. But he basically is like, I can protect you. And he's kind of fibbing a little bit, but he's not really fibbing that much. He wants to protect her. But also he's like, this is great. I want her to be close to me. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So so Reggie is wearing Drew's familiar cuff. And now Ben's familiar cuff, which is apparently like very taboo because, well, we find out that there's this like judgment that is going to be passed on both Ben and Reggie for this situation. Oh, we'll get into this. Yeah. I love this part of the book. Yeah. I think it's so dramatic. It's great. This entire, so I mentioned how it like kind of took me a while to get through the early parts of the book. Mm -hmm. I sped through this last chunk just in the last like 24 hours because like now there's like some action happening i read so i was more behind than i thought i was i read 48 percent of this book today did you i did i know i feel like i'm admitting to my teacher that i cheated on a test (laughs) (laughs) like i was behind but regardless it was great and uh yeah the last half of the book goes a lot faster than the first half yeah, yeah for sure So these two are forced to stay together and they like hit the road basically because they like. They're trying to find out who cursed Drew. Right. So they're they're going to go to one of Drew's former familiars houses um, and it it gets alluded to before we go to this person's house um, that this is Ben's ex something just in the way that he behaves. Um. 
I love this shit. This section, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't <laughs> I don't even know where to start. So they show up at Gwen's house. Gwen is the former familiar slash Ben's ex-lover. This is also the second witch character I've met named Gwen because in the X-Hex, yeah. there's Gwen, Gwen yeah. the cousin, yeah, who yeah, is yeah. the main character of the sequel. Yeah. Kiss Curse. Yeah. I love the name Gwen. Well, Gwen is a classic witch name, I feel like. Gwen, Gwendolyn, you know? Ooh. That feels right. Um, anyway, so they show up at Gwen's house. Gwen is super hot um, because she specializes in sex magic. And we never really find out what that means. No. No. But it was also like, so that the part in the book when like, uh, like, okay, so like the jerking off in the crystal ball moment was like when I was like, oh, this is like going to get spicy, spicy. spicy. Yeah. Um. Sex witch really put me over the edge. Yes. <laughs> yes. As Katie pointed out, a lot of the language in the book points out early on it's going to be a spicy book. Right. I feel like that's when you pick up on it is when, one, they throw out some P's and C's very early. Very early, <laughs> yeah. Even when nothing's really happening, but mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. when you know it's going to be a spicy book. And then, yeah, then we get a sex witch. Right. And then you're like, okay, yes, I know at least partially where this is going. Who could have predicted where this actually was going, though? Because what Not the fuck? Not me. What the fuck? Not me. Yeah. So, so tell us what happens at Gwen's. My God. Okay. So they go to Gwen's, and Gwen conveniently tells them, oh, Drew used to hide some of her curse tablets here at the bottom of a well. Maybe she did, and you can find out who she cursed, and then see who maybe is getting revenge on her. Conveniently, Reggie decides she's going to go down to the bottom of the well. Reggie's not very smart, to be fair. <laughs> Would you yeah, do Yeah, she's just like, I'm going to like shimmy down on a rope. Yeah, she she leaves. She's like, Ben, you have to pull me up. You can't go down there because then I'd have to pull you up and you're too heavy. You're right. too large. You're Adam Driver. You're too <laughs> large. It can't do that. So she goes down to the bottom of the well and then she fucking gets her arm stuck. Because she sticks her arm in this hole where she thinks one of these cursed tablets is and it's not there. So then Ben just like fucking hurls himself down. (laughs) I don't understand the like physics of this part of the book. I don't either. He just appears behind her with this like glowing amulet and he's like, I'm here. Yeah, he's just he's just in the well. And so I thought in the book that her arm was like cursed to be stuck in the wall. And no, she's just fucking stuck. No, she's just kind of a dummy in this part. And just, he frees her arm, and then they basically do it in a well. <laughs> you wrote they go to third base in the bottom of a well. They go to third base in a bottom of a well. I can't even get in the mood if I have, like, a little tummy ache. <laughs> Let alone being, like... At the bottom of a well? <laughs> yeah. Like a, t- like a tiny headache? I'm like, mm, sorry. You know, not tonight. Yeah. I... But your feet are wet? She's wearing socks, I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, you have wet one sock of, feet? One of them is wearing socks. I can't even get in the mood in dry sock feet. <laughs> no sock feet. No sock feet. <laughs> I don't know, man. They've truly been pining after each other, clearly. I... Don't think I could ever want a man this bad, but 
Good for you, Reggie. Gold medal, though, for the most creative place we will ever see a sex scene. I literally cannot even think of anything that is even close to being on the same level. I am willing to suspend my belief just so I can say I read a book where the sex scene is at the bottom of a well. Also, the resolution is that Gwen finds them later and she calls the fire department and then we don't see them get out. I'm like, aren't you a witch? That's Why do you need the fire department? Where's the Wingardium Leviosa of it all? <laughs> Just levitate them out of there. That's what I was wondering. But maybe these witches don't work like that. I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Anyway, um, so that very bizarre section happens. And then they have a moment emotionally. But then Ben talks about why he killed his parents. And it turns out they started the fucking plague. They literally started the bubonic plague. Right. That like killed. for funsies. Yes. And he kind of, he doesn't spin it. Because in the book lore, this is what it happened, like how it was, how it happened. But his parents had him, basically ignored him. His mom, yeah, started the plague basically for funsies. And then refused to fix it. And so... Yeah. The witch government, the witch warlock government or whatever, was going to come kill them. So he did it first. Yeah. This is, do, do you know that like age old internet question of like, would you kill baby Hitler? That's what this feels like to me. <laughs> would, would you, would you would murder I- your mom if she started the bubonic plague? You answer first. Yeah. Yeah. If I could, if I was like a witch in this scenario, me, Katie, no. But in, 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 if I'm in, I was asking you, Katie. No, I can't murder anyone. I'm afraid of blood. (laughs) That's what's preventing you from murdering someone. Yeah. (laughs) That's certainly it. No, if I am a witch, then yes. Probably. A witch in the witch world. Ben does what we all should have done. Yeah, truly. Kill, killed baby Hitler. To be honest, he does them both a favor because he does say if everyone else had gotten to them, they would have killed them and tortured them. It would have been worse, yeah. yeah. He like kind of did them a mercy, basically. Yeah, it was a mercy killing. Also, his dad was already dying from the plague that his mother refused to right, stop. Right, so that was actually a good decision. Yeah, So. so yeah, so we get this backstory... Um, they're like together now. Yeah. They, this is when Ben says, I love you. There's another sex scene. Um, yeah. When they're like sharing a hotel room, only one bed, obviously. (laughs) I was going to have the horn ready, but it didn't feel like a true only one bed because both people knew what was happening. Right. It had to be only one. Yeah. Yeah. So they go to this party to find this man that they think can help him, help them, figure out who cursed Drew, this man named Abernathy, who is my favorite character in this entire book. So they get to go to this fancy fucking witch warlock party that everyone was invited to except Ben, which Reggie is like very protectively mad about, which is cute. Uh, She's like, why didn't they invite him? That's so rude. Everyone hates Ben because he's an asshole. Because he murdered his parents. But they don't know the whole... They don't know why. They don't know the whole thing. Ben has kind of leaned into his, you know... Bad boy persona, if you will. 
yes. So they come across Abernathy, who's like in this like office slash library. They're about to have their like they're aton- making out. <laughs> they're having their atonement moment. Yeah, where they're gonna have like sex in the library, and then some old man in the back is like, him. <laughs> 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 Our boy Abernathy is in the library stealing books, which like mood. Am I morally above going to a fancy party and stealing books? No, they've got money. It's a it's a Robin Hood situation. Take from the rich and give to the needy. And as we've learned, it's like every witch and warlock is rich because they've they probably had real estate from four hundred years ago. Right, they're not gonna miss some books. No, it's I've fine. earned it. Yeah, yeah. whatever. So so Abernathy is stealing books, um, but they ask him to help them, and he's like, I don't do that shit anymore. And they're like, what if we help you steal these books? And he's like, word, meet me in my hotel room. Yep. <laughs> so Reggie steals all these books for him, which... Because she's carrying a purse, and he's like, I gotta get me a purse now, which is really funny. A man bag. Anyway, so Abernathy does his spell, and... They're like chicken bones that spell out Magnus, which is Ben's last name, but also Drew's last name. Like, it's the family name. Um, And so Reggie freaks the fuck out because Reggie has trust issues. This is the shortest disagreement of any romance novel I've ever seen. Right, because like the bones spell out Magnus's name. Ben and then tank- Reggie yeah. just fucking bolts. <laughs> Basically, like Ben... So Reggie's all depleted of her energy because, you know, Abernathy man took her energy doing this spell or whatever, which, you know, is in the lore of the book. And then Ben goes outside to take a call to check on his aunt because he got Lisa to look after Drew while they're on their literal witch hunt to find out who cursed Drew. And then he comes back and Reggie's gone. And in her depleted energy state, she managed to... Book an Uber, book a flight, go to the airport, take like three flights, and then get home. Yeah, when she's like super exhausted. I couldn't even do that right now, and I I feel mostly normal. Um, So yeah, she runs off, but then almost immediately she's like, why did I do that? Like I just, I did the thing that I do where I get freaked out that someone has violated my trust so i bounce Mm -hmm. um and then everything kind of comes to a head very quickly yeah like it was almost kind of refreshing how quickly the conflict was solved and that literally she gets off the plane goes to nick her roommate or her former roommate still her friend throughout this whole book she goes to him and it's like i fucked it all up ben hates me or whatever Ben is there. They literally immediately make up. Yeah, she's like standing in the hallway of Nick's apartment being like, I don't know why I did that. I love him. And it's the classic like opens the door all the way and he's sitting on the couch. So Reggie finally said, I love you back to Ben. They have this like really sweet reunion moment. And then they go back to Grimald Place because suddenly everyone has a theory on what happened to Drew. Yes, yeah, while Reggie and Ben are, like, making up, she's like, I know who cursed Drew, and it turns out it was Drew. She cursed herself literally to matchmake. 
And they realize it partially because they reach under the bed and are pulling <laughs> they out. They find chip bags. <laughs> Literally empty chip bags and soda bottles. Which also, if I My was... My girl. Li- if I was living off of chip bags and soda... Like chips and soda, I think I would shrivel up and die. It is so sad. I mm-hmm. need a vegetable nowadays. I feel like a true adult. Yeah. So yeah, Drew cursed herself because she wanted to force Ben and Reggie together. Um, which works. So Drew's smart. And then, of course, as with any spicy book, they bring it home with them finally having sex. There's always like one final sex scene in a spicy book. This was the hook, line, and sinker finale of it all. Everyone's happy. Someone's finally getting boned. Life is good. And so there is a sequel to this book that is coming out. And I'm assuming it's Penny's story. It, I'm pretty sure it is about Penny. I think I read the blurb on Goodreads and it is about Penny. Penny and her, and Willem. Willem. Yeah. Which, awful name. Yeah, so Penny gets a job as a familiar finally after like working toward it for however long. And so there is a sequel to this book that is apparently about Penny's love story. Yeah. Also, there's kind of a useless epilogue to this book where yeah. literally they just fuck again. Right. Uh, yeah. Which, Every- like, fine. Yeah. Fa- fan service. Drew and Livia were always friends. They're, like, traveling together. It sounds great. I would love to be an old woman with a grudge against one of my friends. Whatever. <laughs> just like, hate travel around the world with her. Yeah, it sounds fun. You know, you got to have something to do. Drama, yeah, Yeah. why not? So Ben and Reggie are living alone in the house. So yeah, they are just banging all the time. Yeah. The end. The end. Yeah. Everyone's That's literally the end of the book. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah. Katie, tell me your overall impressions of the book. Yeah, well, like I said, I am just feeling kind of reading meh right now. And I think that if I had been in a better, like, reading mood, I would have enjoyed this a lot more. But mm-hmm. I, I wanted to like it more than I did. And I did enjoy it. And it was fun. And it was light. And it was, like, a nice little brain break from being busy. Um, but I didn't like it as much as I wanted to. And I think it was because it was, like, pretty slow mm. Yeah. at the beginning. Um, and so... So yeah, but I also feel like it's mostly a me problem, so I don't think it's a fair representation of the book. Mm, Yeah. This was a good break for me after Angelica Frankenstein, which was not so much my jam. Yeah. And took me a lot to get through. And then this was ridiculous enough that that it was a lot easier to get through, I think. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, it kind of leaned into more of the the uh, silliness of a Halloween romance that I want, if that makes sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, it's ridiculous, and it, like, checks all the boxes. Like, it's got, like, the cat, the spells, the potions, the whatever, like, hijinks, um, good side characters, all of that stuff. Exactly, which is... Kind of what I want from a themed romance, I feel like. Yeah. Like, I want it to kind of lean into the silliness of it all. And this had the good silliness that I like of a a rich people sandwich fight, a really stupid 
crystal ball visions. Yeah, a, a man turned into a cat. Great. Love it. All of it. It's amazing. Like, Whatever. Lisa gets cursed so that she can't open doors. Like, silly shit like that yeah. is, like, just fantastic. A lot of sitcom-y elements. In yeah. This, which I, I really do like from, like, a Halloween romance. I think it's fun. So, this was a fun one. Yeah, yeah. it was fun. I am a little excited to move on from Halloween-y stories now. Mm. Although, I... I do have some other Halloweeny stories, but I'm switching to horror, like more paranormal fantasy stuff. Yeah, after this. I did a different genre at the end of September, and I feel like maybe that primed me a little bit more to get back into romance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm d- I'm gonna read. Um, well, I'll t- I'll I'll tell yeah. you. I mean, Katie, what are you reading right now? Yeah, we could do that. So. So I'm going to read this book that I got as my book of the month in October. I haven't read my September one yet, but I'm going to skip it and read the October one um, because it's like kind of a modern retelling of fairy tales. And this is not a romance novel. So um, uh, full disclosure, but it is what I'm going to pick up uh, first thing tomorrow morning. It's Thistlefoot by Jenna Rose Nethercott. and it's like kind of a, I don't know if it's a full retelling, but it's like inspired by like the Baba Yaga, like witch story. Oh. Um, and like the cover of it has the like witch's hut with the like chicken feet and whatever. Um, so I don't know if it's a direct retelling. I've purposefully not read a lot about it other than just like the blurb um, because I'm really excited about it um but it's been like compared to like neil gaiman and stuff like that so i think it's going to be a good like genre switch for me Mm. yeah what about you what are you reading so i literally finished this book today so my next book is going to be because i want to do it before halloween and i really liked the x hex so my next book is going to be the kiss curse by aaron sterling yeah which i am very excited to read because I liked the X-Hex, mm-hmm. not even so much for the romance aspect, but I liked the small town aspect of it. It was a fun, it was like, um, ha- yeah, again, like Halloween town. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Very was, Halloween town. It was very cute. Very, very small hocus town. pocus. Yeah. 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 Very cute. Very like of the season. So I want to do that one before Halloween. And thankfully it's what? October 21st. So I've yeah. got 10 days. You've got time. Yeah. Yeah. So I've got time. So... Now we've got a little bit more of a break of sorts. So so we're going to announce our next read. On our next episode and on Instagram. Yeah. Because we're, we're shifting out of Halloween, so we got to make a decision. Yeah. Um, but we will announce our next book and our next episode and on Instagram. But if you have any suggestions for what you want to read next, we will absolutely take them. But um, as you all know, our TBR is miles and miles long, so we will not struggle with finding something. No, we will find something very soon. But yes, if you have any suggestions, we're very prepared for Christmas. We're yes. now in that kind of weird between Halloween no, and Christmas. No theme. No yeah. theme. Yeah. I don't know of any Thanksgiving romances, but if you do, please tell us. Yeah, sure. I'm open. Yeah. Why not? A good fall romance. Why yeah. not? Yeah. yeah. Any kind of fall seasonal romance, we'll take it. Please yeah. let us know. And we'll put it on our bookshop so you can buy it. So that I can buy Legos. So, <laughs> no, not so Katie can buy Legos so you can support the pod. Which 
you know, trickle-down economics. <laughs> sure, Ronald Reagan. Will contribute to my Legos. But yeah. what you need to know is that it supports us. It goes to us doing this pod where we still make negative money, but we are... <laughs> Positive lo- vibes. Yeah, we are loving doing it still, but we do make negative money. So yes. please shop our bookshop where we have lots of recommendations for you, including our monthly book club picks. Um and so, literally every other book we have ever talked about on this yeah, podcast. Including our like five star reads of the year, which is a pretty exclusive list. So Yeah. Very get- exclusive actually. Yeah. yeah. Um well, uh we're gonna log off and eat Thai food. And I think I'm going to try to make Abigail watch You've Got Mail for the first time ever. (gasps) This is the first time hearing of this. Yeah, I just decided it 30 seconds ago. So thank you all for listening and we'll see you all next time. We're going to go hang out with Nora Efron. Yeah, thank you for listening. Happy Halloween. 